opinions voiced in Investing Simplified with Bo Caldwell are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of the performance of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Price Financial Group Wealth Management We do investing simplified Welcome into Investing Simplified. However you're listening today, thank you for making us a part of your day. In studio with me today is Matt Sudall. Here our Hello. planning, you know, planning guru, our planning extraordinaire here with uh, with myself, Bo Caldwell, CEO. Matt May's gonna join us a little bit later and actually we're, I'm a little nervous, Matt. We're taking over. You guys show. are gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna have to step out here Matt after our squared is taking over our first segment, and it's it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, hopefully, we don't burn the studio down. Hopefully, everything is still standing. I think it'll again. be okay. We've got some um, pretty nice, uh, interesting information. I think that's more tailored to a investment officer speaking to it. You know, sure. so that might be might be good. Um, I hope everyone enjoys it. Right. Well, and we did have some questions come in. Um, over the last you know couple of weeks, we wanted to cover a little bit of those. I, I wanted to talk a little bit as well, um, you know, about the idea being you know what's going on in the markets, volatility. Uh, you know, I don't know what you guys have planned on the docket for later, but I wanted to talk a little bit about some things that I've been seeing over the last couple of weeks, um, just as the markets have sold off and risen higher and sold off. And we've talked over and over again about not benchmarking yourself just against what the overall market is or the S&P 500 is doing, right? Right, Because it changes every day. But I think it's really important to also talk about because I get a good amount of questions that have come in from folks who are asking, okay, well, you know, as we're looking at, you know, as we're looking at the markets, as we're looking at trading, as stimulus checks, you know, start to coming actually in, hit bank yeah. accounts, right? People coming in. There are so many millions of brokerage accounts that were opened over 2020, right? You know, as the stay-at-home trade and people started to become day traders and think they knew what they were doing. But really what they think is that they know more than the overall market, right? And the hard part about that is what happens, you know, intraday, what happens at the end of the week, what happens with what's called quad witching, all these different things where people don't understand the internal workings of the markets. And so I'm not poo-pooing on buying individual stocks by any means. I'm not right. poo-pooing on managing you know, yourself if you can manage that roller coaster. But the, the key is you got to find the roller coaster that works for you and stick with it, right? And you got to find a roller coaster you can stay on. Yeah, and that's uh, uh, kind of what we're uh, planning on talking about today is uh, we've, we've talked about different things to do and not to do. And, and today, um, later on, uh, we bring to you five reasons why you know, you shouldn't sell. Uh, okay. Panic sell. Really. I like it. Yeah. Uh, well, panic sell happens, right? Because just, just a, you know, a little over a week ago, um, you know, folks have probably seen this if they watch any sort of financial television. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you're aware of this, Matt, but there was a large hedge fund um, that actually was forced liquidated. Uh, you know, was uh, Friday the what would that have been? Friday the the 
26th. Does that sound right? Yeah. So Friday the 26th of March, there was a, a hedge fund that was forced liquidated with a margin call and it caused crazy gyrations in the market. In market right? volatility. Causes market yeah. volatility. You have news where this vaccine's working, that vaccine's not, or this vaccine is working. And you know you have these different news-driven cycles that come out in these ups and downs. The market moves. And if you're out there trying to play the market by yourself and be smarter and you think and again, not poo-pooing you know, amounts of money, but these folks that are playing with their $1,400 stimulus check and going up against billion-dollar hedge funds, right? Right. you're not going to move the market the way that you think you are. Right, exactly. So so we'll talk about reasons to not sell. And then Matt actually does uh, plan on touching on maybe some reasons where you could you know, look at selling. But oh, sure. it all has to do with... Because well, it all know, makes sense, yeah, right? You, yeah, that, sometimes there's... Hold on forever. Yeah, yeah. So... Not one way or the other. It's just figuring out why, uh, what makes you know a good reason for sale or for you know for purchase. We talked about that too before, and uh, again, not following the overall market excitement one way or the mm-hmm, other. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, yeah, you have a ten thousand dollar investment, you know, stacked up against somebody that's got billions of dollars. Right. Uh, <laughs> you're likely not going to move the market very much. You know, you think, hey, if I buy the ten shares of X company, that'll really help them. Well. It's good, and you're investing, but you're not going to move the market. Um, so right. I think, in general, I, I, retail investors have some moving powers, but really not as much as you know the institutionals. Uh, the, the, oh, you think about how many of us it yeah. takes to get. You know, if we banded all of our money together, right. all the people that are listening, all you know, we still don't add up to. Right. You know, what, I mean, the prime example was you know some of the things that were going on on Reddit and stuff. You know, some yeah. of them actually did move, but it was individual securities. But and, and it you know and it was wasn't. And how much of it was those individuals yeah. actually? And how long did it, it actually or? hold up before it yeah. fell right back down yeah. and, and apart? So, you know, it's important to keep that to keep that um keep that in mind. So yeah, well, it's kind of like you know analyzing what what you're you know the, the phrase that I use is you can't see the forest for the trees, right? You focus so much on individual stocks, and you can do well. You can do really well just you know having an allocation model with indexes, right? There, we have lots of clients that that's what they do, and they allocate, and you know as long as you built it out. Where it comes into play is if you're planning on retirement, if this is your long-term money, then trying to time you know, in and out of the market is just not going to be effective. I had a conversation this weekend with a client who is actively contributing to his TSP plan, right? And so he's wondering, well, with the market, should I should I stop? Should I move it to the G fund? You know, should I do this? You know, go into yeah. the. And I said, you know, I, for his situation, I said no. You, you, actually, you you should be rooting for the market sell-off, right? If you're yeah, saving money right now on your 401k or a TSP, 403b, where they're matching it, right? Sell-offs in the market are like candy. That's, that's great. You're buying like a on discount. sale. Right. Yeah. You're buying a discount. And if you're looking at it from a long-term time frame, right? The other thing, and just it just behooves you to look at, you know, historically – and take this for what it's worth, folks. This is my crystal ball prediction for the year, right? Historically, I think we've turned a corner in terms of the market and it's going to continue rallying up for the next couple months. But I think quarter three might be a rough go in terms of the overall markets because historically, the year after a presidential election, that is what happens, right? Historically. Now, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean it'll actually happen. But the key is you want to be prepared for it, right? Because you should have some dry powder on the sidelines if you think that it's going to rally forward after it comes back, right? So the key is having a plan. And I like to say, here's my crystal ball prediction. Take it for what it's worth, right? But we're preparing if that happens or if it doesn't, if the market continues to rocket higher or if the market takes a giant dive. We have a pre- we've prepared for that. We've planned for that. We have our clients built out in plans and their retirement plans so that way it doesn't matter 
day in, day out what the market's doing because you're going to drive yourself insane, right? Yeah, looking at it every day, every day. The news, what's it, what's know, going on? There's always something going on. I mean, yeah. where we were just talking, uh, you know, and there was a ship stuck in a canal, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy things happen, you know? Uh, and so when, when, when day to day, does it really matter what's, what's happening today, you know, 10 years from now? I mean, it could be a big event, but usually right. um, time passes. And so if you have an all-weather portfolio, and I know you like to say, say that, and yeah. I've stolen your phrase here, but it's true. You know, uh, you're not trying to bet on things going really well and just, you know, capturing 100% of the upside. You're okay with a okay return that matches up with your expectations, but right. also, you know, fulfills your goals of your plan. But then on the flip side, if the market uh, goes the opposite way, you're uh, in a way protecting, cover, covering your base is a little bit better. So that way you're not falling like, you know, as they say, you know, catch a falling knife. You know, falling like you're just straight from the sky and you just know where to stop. You know, you've got those bands where your portfolio will move up and down as long as you're within your, uh, you know, your your band over time, you'll be okay. Right. I think that's where people get hurt is they... They uh, they set up a you know some sort of a trajectory for themselves and then they get oh man this is going to happen so I should buy this guy you know into this and, and, and run it may run up for a minute and then they don't get out in time mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. the opposite maybe some events spooking a person and you're like oh man you know this is going to be the next ten years is going to get erased and <laughs> there's going to be something crazy that's going to happen I should just go all cash right. in both instances those are you know when the pendulum swings really widely you just want to have sort of the middle of the road. You want to you wanna be prepared for the, both the good and the bad. Right. Well, and the key is to have a plan that you can believe in, right? So yes. if you haven't reviewed that, if you've never done that, we, that is something we do for radio listeners. We build you out a complete comprehensive retirement plan that we can show you. Here's where, you know, here's where our expectations are. Here's where we expect the money to come from. And we do that as a complimentary service to radio listeners, right? We'll give you the basic plan. All it does is cost you an hour, maybe an hour and a half of your time to sit right. down with us and gather some info. So if you'd like to get that done, give us a call, 503-253-3000, or shoot us an email at askbo at pfgwm.com or pricefg.com. See, either one is, will work. Yeah. Either one works. It gets you know gets caught in my crawl. Or visit our website at www.pricefg.com. We've got a lot of free resources on there, You know, a lot of giveaways that we do for folks. Want to make sure that you're getting that information out there and, and, and doing those checkups because the biggest key that I found, Matt, you know, in, in my experience is not – it's not looking at what returns did we get, you know, are we, you know, up or down, whatever. It's, am I still good to go with my plan, right? Because right. a lot of people set out, you know, and, and not to bash any anything, but they had their Fidelity 401k and Fidelity, you know, they went online and did the retirement analyzer. And it, it, it it's, its expectation was that you're going to make 75 to 8% average returns. But the thing about it is when it looks at those, it looks at those returns as an average, and it doesn't take into, you know, take into effect the concept of a sequence of returns risk. Right? Yeah. We've talked about that a little bit before. But if you're eight percent average, that's great. But that doesn't mean it's eight percent up every year. And most of those plans say, okay, you're going to get eight percent compounded. Well, goodness me, if I could get eight percent compounded, then you know, we'd 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 all be super rich. But it just doesn't work that way. The markets go up and markets go down, right? And what a lot of people don't realize is as you approach retirement, you have to start paying attention to the sequence of the returns to get you that 8%, you know, that average 8%, because an average 8% average includes down years. And what you don't really think about is when you have a down year, especially if you start in a down year, you know, if you start in a down year like 2000 
you start in a down year like 2007, like 1987, you have these big downswings, which will happen if you started a down year like 2020, right? Yeah. And you retire right then, then you, it takes a lot more. It doesn't just take one to one to recover, right? So if you're starting in an account, if you think about it, if you lose 20%, let's just say we have a nice, a nice, but <laughs> you have a market correction, a bear market, right? Yeah. Down 20%. It actually takes 25% to recover from that. So yep. you have to actually earn 25. Now let's say you're withdrawing 5% from your account because you're living off that money. You're not down 20, you're down 25. Or let's say we have a, another market like we did in 2008 and let's say, you, heaven forbid, you're down 40%, right? Yeah. So your account actually takes a 67% up to return come to come back, right? Yeah. That's huge. And a lot of people don't really think about that. So if you, you know, when you think about that in real dollars, if you lose 40% of your account, it takes 67% to get back to even. That's crazy, right? Yeah, that, those are some big returns you got to get to come back. So, you know, and, and it kind of keeps going. The deeper the hole, the the harder it is to dig yourself back out. You well, know? and that's the, what a lot of people are benchmarking themselves against the S&P 500. Yeah, that's right? true. Which the S&P 500 was down over 50% in yeah. 2007, peak to trough. So to get back, you had to earn over 100%. You had to double your money to get yeah, back to, to even. Yeah, to get back, back to even. Exactly. And think about how long that takes, you know, if you are if you are in a reasonable rate of return environment, right? And as we look forward, although we're bullish, I don't really see huge returns, right? Yeah, but if let's say you were, I don't know, let's say you only were down 30% in the financial mm-hmm. crisis, right? So, you know, you took, uh, what would Matt say, two-thirds of the risk or so? Sure. Forty-three percent to come back. I mean, versus a hundred percent. That's significant you know, difference. Sac- significantly less you have to come back up with. Right. So the key is to be prepared for those downswings because they're inevitable, right? And the key is to make sure that you have a plan for those downswings. Whether it's adding more money because now we're things are on sale because we kept some cash on the sidelines, kept some dry powder, or whether that's pulling money from a different bucket because you've bucketed it out. The key is to have a plan, and if you haven't had a plan, it behooves you to give us a call, sit down with us, set up a plan. Let's talk about what your retirement plan is. And your retirement plan is going to be different from your neighbors, different from your grandma's, different from the guy you talked to last week at work, right? It's going to be different from everybody else's. It's tailored to you. And if you haven't had a chance to do that, give us a call. 503-253-3000. A member of our team will sit down, we'll give you that plan. We'll tell you what you th- what we think. And if you want to work with us, that's great, but there is no obligation ever once you meet with our team. So give us a call, 503-253-3000. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break here, and I'm going to leave you all in the very capable, I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers, hands of Matt and Matt as Matt comes in here. Now we're gonna, I'm going to give the ship to you guys. Try not to burn it down. We'll do our best. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Investing Simplified. Leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming, but once the dust settles and you're at a new job or perhaps retired, it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind. If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family. We do investing simplified. You're listening to Investing Simplified. Now, back to our host, Matt May. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. 
Bo Caldwell has stepped out for a little bit, so he left us with the keys to take care of the next few segments. We're going to just chat uh, without him. Maybe we can talk about things we normally wouldn't bring up with Bo on air. <laughs> maybe, maybe talk trash about him while he's gone. No, you know, no. Because we love him. I know. We, we love him. And he is... Uh, Going to be back uh, next week for sure. Um, in the first segment, we did touch on a couple items that we, we were going to review uh, today in the show. And one of the things that um, seemed to be a nice theme going in the last couple of weeks was you know, the top five things that uh, maybe to consider. And as the week progressed, I was thinking, well, instead of me talking about all of those items, I figured since we have a chief investment officer, I can bring him on and maybe um, go over things that were on my mind. And then you can maybe address for us, Matt. If that's yeah, okay. absolutely. So... Market's been kind of uh, a little bit volatile. It's always volatile, and I told uh, I told this to the other, uh, to a client the other day where where has uh, w- when has there been a time where uh, things haven't been you know crazy? It's either market's going up, it's going out. Sometimes it's sideways, but for the most part, there's always something brewing in the background, right? Some sort of event. You know, some is unprecedented event. Is it a big event. ship blocking yeah. the Suez Canal? There is you go. Some sort of Virus? What, what? What's this? I hear yeah. about some virus. I don't yeah. know. Just uh, within the last uh, few days, we had uh, what seemed like meteorites on this in the sky over Seattle. Is that the aliens? No, it's just yeah. a, a no. giant so, rocket ship that uh, I, I think it broke apart. Something like re-entry. that. I just saw it online and I was scratching my head. But again, that's SpaceX launching, launching satellites yeah, up there. Absolutely. So w- there's always going to be a reason to potentially get out of the market, you know. And so once you're you're in it. You've committed, you're in it, um, you know, uh, why you shouldn't panic sell. So there's five things that I've came up with. I'm going to just run through them real quick, and then maybe we'll spend a little bit of time on each one sure. individually. So, And you're um, talking panic selling? Yeah, like, just panic selling, pulling the plug, you know, uh, just because I can't stand it, you know. Let's say you're down okay. 10%, and you're, you're, you're just not feeling good about it, and you just want to sell and go to cash, right? So number one... Um, one, number one reason would be re-examine your timeline and objective. Number two, really getting down to the cause, the root cause of what's causing the volatility, right? Number three, uh, what did you expect the volatility to be in the, in, the, in the investment you went into? So when you were starting the investment, what was the uh, idea behind it? Number four, if you got out of the market and you had a pile of cash in the middle of your kitchen table, what would you do with it? And number five, how much is the market down? versus how much are you down versus, you know, what did you expect? Is it hard? Are you keeping up with your, you know, as we talked about last time, are you keeping up with you, your goals, or are you behind, you know, on, on the target? So makes sense. So those are the five I came up with. I'm sure there's lots more. And, um, you know, uh, we encourage people to go ahead and email us, you know, you, you email askbo at pricefg.com. Any questions or comments you have, we will try to bring those up on air. So you can also call us at 503-253-3000. But to unwrap this a little bit, let's, we start from the top, and I'll let you do the talking here. Sure. Uh, number one I wrote is, you know, re-examine your timeline and objective. Timeline. That's a, a really important one. So certainly before you place money into the markets, you want to have a, a clear goal in mind, and that includes how much risk we want to take, how long are we expected to have this money invested and several other criteria, but certainly timeline. It, it's really, really important to not think we're going into this thing for a quick, easy buck. I see. It's especially now we're seeing a lot of just really, really 
crazy market activity with individual stocks. Yeah. So you have to go into it with a longer term horizon, in my opinion. I mean, we, from our perspective, we don't day trade. We don't try to make a, a quick dollar yeah. and then get out. Uh, we're in it for a longer term, higher probability of success type gotcha. of strategy. Yeah. So really looking at your timeline is if you got in and you know, you, th- this is not something about that, that you want to look at right after you invest or within exactly. weeks, months. I mean, this is something mm-hmm. that you want to do annually with your portfolio. It's like, okay, right. with these dollars, with these investments, are they still where they should be for the timeline that I need them to be? Mm-hmm. So uh, case in point, maybe you have a three-year goal and you're halfway through that time period. You have a year and a half left, but your money is way ahead. Maybe it's time to think about uh, like taking some of those gains it, so we don't put them at risk of any kind of market volatility taking it away. But certainly reevaluating that timeline that makes sense. is important. Yeah, so if I if uh, went into an investment thinking I'm not going to touch the money for five years, it's been six months, you know, maybe I'm down 5%. You know, that's where you, okay, well, is it, is my timeline up yet? No, I still have four and a half years. I've only been in it for six months. Right. So you don't want to necessarily just cut the cord at that point because, you know, usually ahead of uh, investing, you spend a lot of time calculating and figuring out where you're going to place your money. And, you know, you build, if you're, you know, you're supposed to build an old weather, all weather portfolio, as we mentioned on the show, where sure. We expect things to happen over the five years. We don't expect things to just go up in a straight line. That would I be wish great. they would. Yeah, it but they don't. They never happen. Yeah. So, you know, it, it feels a little bit different if your volatility happens. Let's say year two or three of investing when you're, you know, above your baseline that you started with and it's kind of cruising, then six months in, right? But it could happen at any point when you do the calculation and kind of estimating things. So, right, and that this is, you know, that timeline. If our money is supposed to go five, ten years or longer, if we're mm-hmm. younger or if we're even in early retirement, say you pulled the trigger for retirement at age 65 and you're planning to age 95, that's still a 30-year time horizon. Uh, of yeah. course, 95, that's a that's a long way down the road. Yeah. But certainly, if your timeline is still 30 years, like if, if that money that you have in that particular investment is for the last several years of retirement your timeline is super long, you, you don't want to get stuck in that position where, oh my gosh, I got to get out of this market and try to time it. Because usually when we think it's a bad time to be invested, it's usually a good time to add. And yeah. when it feels like a good time to add money, it's usually it's a time where we might want to you know, scale back a little bit. It's like opposite day. You're, you're doing the opposite. So um, no, and that's, that's a good point. So if we move on to number two, um, you know, so we're in it, you know, there's volatility. Um, what's really causing the volatility, right? That's number two um, to, to consider. Yeah, with there, there's always different events. I mean, you can look at throughout history, year after year after year, and find many, many headlines to tell you why you shouldn't be invested and many spooking he- headlines that say why the market should be reacting so frenetically and just frantically it it just happens headlines make the markets move and then it just kind of stampedes from there at times so what is really driving that volatility is it something like 
uh, a detrimental effect to either a sector or a company or a theme that is really changing the trend. I think, you know, side note, we have seen those trends shift a little bit lately over the last three or four weeks. You know, we, we had talked about it at the beginning of the year and several times after. It's like, hey, looking at 2020, what did really, really well? Some of those things got into nosebleed territory. It's like, hey, I don't know if I would necessarily be all that excited about adding new money there. And of course, the NASDAQ had some challenges. Right. NASDAQ is technology heavy. And NASDAQ did officially touch correction territory in uh, like February, March. So uh, March, I believe. Yeah, this month. So it's certainly something we want to be cognizant of. Why is that volatility happening? happening? And there's different things that happen, right? So like we had a ship get stuck sideways in a canal and that could cause some volatility in the interim because, you know, things aren't getting delivered and we were speaking with a with a client and they said that the alternate route is what 15,000 miles F- 1500 around the horn of yeah. africa yeah. yeah so that could cause some stress to parts of your portfolio but it's a short term thing that'll you know hopefully get resolved here and then you move on right versus maybe something happening where i don't know some bigger events happening that may take and have some repercussions so that's important to see what's really causing the volatility so number three just we can kind of keep it moving here is um you know when you were going into some sort of an investment whatever it is what were your expectations for volatility right and so a lot of times when we do uh proposals or when we meet with clients we use um you know we use we talked about this risk risk tool we use but we are very clear up front about um, what to expect, you know, how much will the account go up and down by? And it's almost to where we reiterated multiple times to understand that, hey, it's not always going to be green. There will be times where things fluctuate. Usually, um, yes. Yep. So, yeah, if you want to expand on that. Yeah, so for the, for the expectations, hopefully you have some type of tool or some sort of analytical software or uh, online access to say, hey, here's the investment I'm thinking of what's its best year what's its worst year what are some of the other characteristics of how this investment has behaved over time so you just know what kind of volatility you could potentially get yourself into yeah of course if it happened in the past there's no guarantee that it'll happen in the future yeah but and it can always be worse than historical standards or better volatility isn't just down volatility is also up that's the nice side when you're investing and you want to make money absolutely so uh, you have to be cognizant of how much that investment could move exactly and i think that it's a very quick question to also ask whoever you're sitting across the table with you know if you're meeting with a financial professional and you're uh, you know you're talking about a portfolio you're considering investing in you know talk about the good but also make sure you're spending plenty of time on the bad and what could happen yeah, if um, you wanted to, you can get yeah. down to the individual investments, like say, hey, what does this, this individual stock carry as far as its risk level? And mm-hmm. you know, the higher the number, if they're using yeah, a, a qualitative things. score, generally the higher the number, the higher the risk, the higher the volatility. So you can dig down on a granular level and look at it investment by investment, or you can put all the ingredients in your investment soup and look at it as one lump sum. There you go. Because it's kind of nice to see how diversification works in your portfolio. Yeah, it is. You can actually see, hey, if I own one investment, my my C's, I'm, I could get into 60-foot waves. But just by adding one other investment, my waves 
out in the ocean drop from 60 feet down to 30 feet. That's a very good analogy. Yeah, we, you know, when we have a, so you have different investment vehicles and different tools you can use to make sure you're uh, spreading the, spreading the risk, um, diversifying and such. So yeah, ask that, uh, ask your advisor, (laughs) what tool do you use? How are we calculating risk? Yeah. What is my risk? That's a yeah. What could happen if 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 things were to go south and there's some big market event, or you know, like we had last March, or like we've had the financial crisis and other things? What could happen to my portfolio? Let's be realistic. I mean, we won't. We your advisor wants to help you work uh, work with you and ha- wants to help you make money, but at the same time, there'll be times where accounts are down, and so that's. That's, I think, a very important p- point to uh, to make. And, and we want to be specific, yeah, too. Absolutely. We, want to, we don't want to just be, hey, I'm a conservative investor, or I'm a moderate investor, or I'm a, an aggressive or a growth invest- investor. That's really deeper. relative. Like, it if is. I'm a 20-year-old aggressive investor versus a 60-year-old in- aggressive investor, that's still two different it's, portfolios. Because yeah. you have two different timelines. Yeah. So, and going back to, you know, this is, one, this is the point we were making, is if you're uh, your market's going down, you know, if you've budgeted for, let's say, 10% down, you know, and it's six months in, you're down five, I mean, you still have room in your budget. So this is part of where don't panic, you know, things kind of happen in a rhythm and a cyclical rhythm and, and there's standard deviation. That's why that's there. And so things move. So that would be, um, you know, the point made to number three. Number four, um, I like this one because I, I sometimes ask people this, uh, you know, if, if you were to get out, what would you do with the cash or with the money, right? If you had put it under the mattress, right? If you had a hundred thousand in an investment, it dropped to let's say ninety thousand or something hypothetically, and you had the ninety thousand in the middle of your kitchen table. What else would you be doing with that money, you know, to grow it, right? Would you find a different asset class, and then what are the odds of that asset class going up? Because a lot of times, you know, as we said, opposites day. You don't really know what will be bouncing back, or you may be too late to something that's bouncing back by the time, you know, you might end up selling the loser and then getting into a, per, you know, a different class that maybe ran up and is about to be the loser. So you're kind of chasing that. So anyway, if you want to expand on that, that would be. Yeah. So item. It, it, it is important to look at what you need your money to do and what you like, if your intention is to create income and then you're taking it out of the market, what, what kind of, if your goal is to create income and you take it out of the market, how are you going to create the income yeah, that's a very now that point. you're out of the market? If yeah. your intention is to grow yeah. the money and then you take it out of the market, it, now it's not, it doesn't have the potential to grow unless uh, miraculously interest rates turn on a dime. Right. Which, uh, and I say by that, I mean interest rates in the bank. So right now, I think I looked at an article recently, the average savings rate was 0.07%. The average interest on savings accounts right. was 0.07% per year. So if you're sitting in cash, you know, and we're and we want to grow it, that's kind of a conflict. Yeah, so if we're it, trying to create income, 0.07% doesn't yeah. do a lot. Unfortunately, that does not get you far. And so you got to keep in mind plan B, right? If you're getting out, for some reason, and maybe you need to, I mean, there could be a reason why you need to, you want to have plan B. As, as you were saying, I like the income analogy. Imagine if you have a, you know, your money is paying your rent, right, each month. Well, rent, you know, it's gone because no longer they're paying you the, what they were paying you. They're going to pay you. Your tenants left. You know, seven basis <laughs> Taking your money out of the market yeah. means you, you just kicked your tenants you out of your, your rental. You kicked your tenants out and you have the asset. Yeah, you have a house that's empty, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, and it's depreciating in a way too, right? Because inflation is eating at your uh, return. So for the short term, it may make sense. For the long term, it may not. So definitely a good, um, good thing to think about before you pull the plug. Um, and then uh, to wrap things up with number five, uh, you know, 
look at the bigger picture a little bit, right? So uh, we talked last um, couple episodes about, you know, comparing yourself to you. So first of all, look at where am I compared to my own personal benchmark? Where am I in comparison to the overall market? And am I within line of what that should be based on the risk I'm taking? Sure. And that kind of ties back to the number three, like your expected volatility and quantifying how much risk you are taking. So when you're seeing the market drop, if when we say markets, generally we're talking about the Dow or the S&P 500, we, we generally benchmark against the S&P 500 when we're talking about markets. So that has a quantified risk level of 76. We know on a scale of 1 to 99, right. S&P is a 76. Well, if your intended risk identified in, you know, in step three, how much risk am I taking is a 50, ideally, you know, we should see about two-thirds of the results of the S&P. Right. Not always, but generally. It's kind of a general guideline. If the market's up 10% and I'm getting, and I should expect two-thirds of the upside, I'm getting like 6.67% ideally. Yeah, so you're you're seeing okay, am I tracking with what I'm supposed to be doing based on my uh, allocation? If you're not, you know that's a conversation to have with whoever's managing your money. Otherwise, uh, you know if you're in line, then maybe it's not a good idea to pull out of the market. Like you know, one of the other five reasons we talked about. So right, we were tra- talking about going the other way. So if we're down ten percent, yeah, in, in the S and P five hundred, and your portfolio is down six point sixty seven percent, yeah, and that was your targeted risk level exactly. because you're taking two thirds of the level of the risk. Mm-hmm. It's actually fine. It's, it's still working as it's designed to it's be within its rhythm, right? So it's designed for X and it's as long as it's doing what it's supposed to, so you, you're not going to find that, you know, that magical, no downside, all upside, uh, solution that the unicorn you know, investment, everything, you know, if it gets do, out perfect, it makes yeah. all that money, gets out perfectly timed, right. never loses a cent. It's just, if it, well, that's, do let me know when you find that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, with that, I think we're, we're getting close to taking a, maybe a, a quick break here and coming back to everyone. So appreciate yeah, definitely appreciate you checking this out and giving us a listen. So we'll be yeah, right back. We'll be right back with more investing simplified. When planning for income and retirement, there's a lot to consider between managing the budget that fits the family, trying to figure out from where to draw your income, or balancing the tax ramifications of withdrawals. Moving into retirement can be overwhelming. At Price Financial Group, we help clients work to create a sustainable retirement roadmap, addressing these concerns and more, and helping folks feel confident in their future retirement income, right when they need it most. If you'd like a financial plan tailored just for you, please don't hesitate and call our office today at 503-253-3000 or text REVIEW to 484848 to set up your complimentary consultation. Price Financial Group offers investment advisory services through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. We do investing simplified. You're listening to Investing Simplified. Now, back to our host, Matt May. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. We've got Matt Sudall, Wealth Manager, Matt May, myself as Chief Investment Officer. Thank you so much for listening wherever you're enjoying our show from. So as we get into this last segment, I just wanted to dovetail some of the things that we had talked about from the prior segment. It's like we talked about, hey, 
why don't you want to panic sell? But let's look at some reasons why we may want to sell. Matt, any thoughts on things that you see as far as why people might want to sell here and there? Well, selling uh, for, you know, if, if it's a, if one of the reasons I'm sure you have outlined, which you're, you'll, you'll share with us, um, is more logical. It's not necessarily driven by the panic of selling. It's more of uh, being more tactical about selling, you know. Um, top of my mind, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, um, tax loss harvesting, where you're trying to capture some losses that maybe you, you can use to offset some prior gains. Uh, or another reason that, that comes up my mind right now is, Maybe selling in advance, knowing of an expense coming up. So perhaps you're buying um, your family a car, and you know it's going to be happening a year from now. So today you're like, "Hey, market's up. I'm you know planning this out. It's going to be less than a year from now, so I shouldn't have that money continuously invested." You know, that would be another reason why I think it would be okay to sell. Yeah, but yeah, what for that got? tax loss harvesting, yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that, hey, I'm going to sell this and take the loss just to let it sit on the sidelines. I mean, you can take the loss and get the tax write-off if it's in a non-qualified account. Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of a bummer to have those losses in your retirement accounts like IRAs, Roths, 401ks, and other work retirement plans because sure. you don't really necessarily get you don't, the, the tax yeah. deduction on those. No. But in a non-qualified account, like an individual account, trust account, joint account, you can sell those investments when they're down. If you don't need the money to be invested, then perhaps cash is the right spot. But if you do need it to create that income or grow for you over a longer period of time, just switching investments captures that loss. And you can, if you're still trying to get that income or that growth, you just target an investment that has similar characteristics of what you just sold. Right. And then you can hopefully rebound as, as things go back up if they do. Yeah. And you've also captured that loss. And it's, you know, if, if it, if it does the same thing as the investment that you sold on the way back up, it's much, much better than to just ride the investment that you currently own before you sold it. Uh, back up because if if all things are equal if both of those investments did the same thing then the second option selling and buying something else is the better option because now not only did we recover we also have that tax potential right off yeah yeah and so some of these strategies we definitely uh, explore here in our office um definitely want to consult a tax professional to be just dialed in on it make sure you, you speak with somebody uh, but if but if that's something that you know you've considered and you'd like some help with you can give us a call here at the office um, one of our uh, fantastic staff will uh, schedule a, a meeting with us and our number is uh, 503-253-3000 you can also go to our website pricefg.com and on there We've got quite a bit more new content on there, which is which is really nice. We have some new um, surveys you can take and and risk uh, a questionnaire where it'll help you kind of define where you're at. But you can also schedule a consultation through there too. So what you said was great, and I, I agree with all of that. Uh, one of the things that I also wanted to add, based on our last segment of you know going over you know the five things why you shouldn't panic sell, and then we have a couple of reasons where you may be selling makes sense is it all kind of comes back down to having a very solid and well-defined plan. So, you know, we work with families all the time and people come to us and say, hey, here's what I've got in terms of my bucket of money, right? And they could be responsible for their own money or a lot of times it could be somebody responsible for family's money, right? Maybe a trustee, maybe it's, you know, a power of attorney. And that's mm-hmm. even harder in my opinion because taking care of your own money, you know, it's your money, you lose it. Well, it's not great, but at least you got, uh, you know, you, you're just blaming yourself, right? 
when you're, let's say, managing your mom's money, you know, that that's a tough one. Uh, you know, you have to make decisions that are in uh, her best interest, but at the same time, you have to um, also get over the fear of investing in general, right? Because some people are just like, well, I'd prefer to just sit on the cash because I know it'll be there, but I know I should do something. And, and part of being a, um, a fiduciary, which you are when you're a trustee or a power of attorney or, you know, you're acting in that capacity where you're giving somebody advice is doing what's in best, their best interest. And so when very, we... Very, very difficult. Yeah, when we talk about that, and we meet we, we, with families all the time, um, we want to make sure we have a solid foundation, we set some money aside, and then we talk about what money should be invested at what timeline, what risk level. Mm-hmm. But it all starts with a very uh, well-defined plan that we usually put together where we want to know exactly what the assets look like, what, what, what are the liabilities look like, what is the income coming in, what are the expenses... Is there a gap in income where we need to make that up and how much should be set aside? I think there's two other important details that you've been uh, adding into the, you know, just kind of reevaluating, not necessarily adding, is the the numbers that we're using for returns, like expected returns in our plans. Yes. We're trying to be a little bit more realistic, recognizing that we're still bumping up against the ceiling of all-time highs in certain markets. And is it really going to grow at those traditional historic Historic long-term averages? I think that that's, you know, we, we can put whatever number we want to in there, but we try to do a really good job of being realistic yeah. of future expected returns. I'm glad you brought that up because it's, you know, and and you want to be, you know, under-promising, over-delivering where it, whenever it comes to managing money, but it, when it comes to being a fiduciary for someone, right? You want to have a plan that kind of uh, assumes worst-case scenario, and if some better outcome happens, you're in better shape, you know? Mm-hmm. So if, if you think mom's going to live to, you know, 85, maybe let's estimate that to 95 and give yourself more of a runway. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just think... Just in case. Just in case. I'm just because that way, you know, hey, I'm bulletproof uh, as far as I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's still probability that it may not happen, but the probability shrinks, you know, and we use a tool and we've talked about this on the show before where when we do our plans, we use Monte Carlo and, and it does do a simulation of good markets and bad markets and it goes into an analysis that gives us a confidence score or or a percentage likelihood of, of success. And if you're in the, you know, 80, 90 percentile, you know, that's better than being in the 70, 60 or lower. Um, so you want to be in the green zone and so you want to be able to uh, meet all your goals and still not run out of money. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to be necessarily at 100 always because you may be able to spend more money or take on less risk. So it's a balancing act. But that plan is where it begins, right? We got to have a, a plan of action. And if we think about storms, market yeah. storms, and having that plan in place, recently we had a, a pretty devastating storm here in the Portland area yeah, where a lot of ice trees coming down branches snapping in the middle of the night they're dropping ice and it sounds no power for days it's that when we relate that to the stock market the like a a year ago uh it was really just all-out panic mode the market slid faster than we and we've talked about it 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 dropped into bear market territory faster than ever has in history Mm -hmm. and you know, th- that is a pretty bad storm. That's a scary, worrisome storm. And if you have that plan in place, it's a little bit easier 
in the investment world, in my opinion, than that ice storm. Because, man, you're out, out of power and you're sitting at 42 degrees. We have a client that was like sitting for days. She she lives off the beaten path, path a little bit. There was trees oh, wow. blocking, had to get friends and neighbors to help clear oh, wow. her driveway just to get out. The power's out. She's got pets. You know, they're trying to stay warm and, and stuff like that. So when we're looking at storms like that, it's tough in physical storms. But in the investment world, if you have that plan in place, at least you can say, hey, the reason I need to stay the course and not sell and stick to this strategy is because it I will have a probability of success that's yeah. much, much higher over a longer period of time. And you sort of accounted for it, right? You've, you know, you're... A person could have some extra food in the fridge, and you know they've got maybe a, a heater to keep them warm. You know, maybe generators you, sound good. Generators sound good. If you're, you know, yeah. able to it, operate just the, those guys. Different levels of preparation, right? I mean, it's the same thing. Different pr- levels of, you know, diversification. You know, how hard did that storm hit you, and was that storm something you've expected? Because if you're going into it and you didn't expect it at all, you had no idea. That's when things get, you know, dicey. That's when people, you know, hit that sell button and they want to get out. And it could just be, you know, getting off the roller coaster at the worst possible minute. I mean, you could be at the very top where you fall all the way and hurt yourself. Right. And one of the things that was on my to-do list, and I had it up on the wall for a long time. I probably looked at this thing for like a year and a half. I'm crossing off the small things and this and that. And I was like, at the bottom of the list was... You know, Look into uh, a generator. Earthquake, <laughs> earthquake preparedness oh, earthquake package. Preparedness. Like wow. my, yeah. uh, like hey, I got to get out of this house in, yeah. in a hurry. What are the my survival my survival kit? And I we finally my wife and I mostly my wife. Thank you, wife. Yeah, uh, we uh, prepared that emergency evacuation kit, and now yeah. now I know. Hey, at least I know I have a go to spot. If that happens, it won't be fun. But it won't be fun. Just, it'll just make it and make things a little bit easier. So, but we have a plan in place. Absolutely, and I think that you know, if if you're listening right now, and potentially you have um, some of those questions where maybe you are have been appointed a power of attorney or your trustee, or you're trying to take care of your own finances and you just don't know where to go, what risk to take. You know, this storms are freaking you out in the market. Um, you know, give our office a call. We'd be happy to chat with you. Uh, set up a meeting. Uh, won't cost you anything except some time with us, which we like to think we're fun, and, and this is exciting <laughs> for us. Uh, we, we'll try not to bore Can't you, you tell? too much. Um, but, and, and, and our phone number, again, is 503-253-3000. So, Matt, I wanted to take, we've got another 10 minutes or so left probably. Yeah. And there was a question that, that, that came up a couple times from our listeners, and some clients even brought it up where, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll get a call in something like, hey, should I get into X stock or, hey, should I get into this cryptocurrency? And because my neighbor is doing it and he's making lots of money or, you know, it's 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 not going to go down. There's no way. Everybody's talking about it, right? So what are your thoughts on that? Um, and just, uh, you know, what response is appropriate? <laughs> it's a tough one. Yeah. You know, it, it's really, really difficult to look at an investment that has done so well and expect mm-hmm. it to continue to go higher. But that's right. the, that's the general perception. It's like, Oh, my neighbor owns this and really believes in it. And it's really difficult to expect the same thing to happen going forward as what happened in the, the most recent past. And I look at like GameStop and Tesla and Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin has definitely pulled back uh, recently. Tesla has had a, a really good retracement downward. Uh, GameStop, that one is like, I'm pretty sure a trampoline stock. 
It's just been like bouncing. Yeah. Bounced super high, crashed way down low, bouncing super high, crashed yeah. way down low. And it, it's just, gosh, you, you buy that thing on the, the wrong day or you buy that investment on the wrong day. Yeah, and, and just hurt you. weeks yeah. later, yeah. you're down 10, 20, 30% or more. It could Some be days. Like, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just, so it's one of those things where, you know, you're really narrowing your um, scope of investment options very much a lot you know you, you anytime and it doesn't matter what company it is anytime you're talking about getting in and out of something quickly and for a quick gain um for one in one particular um company i think it's it's you know it's got the risks mm-hmm. so if you're okay with the risks and you you wanting to sign up you know and if it's a very small percentage of your old maybe then right um, we, we would we would say we have some some criteria and rules some guardrails yeah, to but, uh, to kind of follow in your portfolios if you're going after those kinds of companies don't put any more than you're willing to lose in those right those yeah. high-risk companies and and we don't not that, that tesla yeah. is high risk per se bitcoin that's that's more of a high risk because there's no fdic insurance there's no it, it's like unregulated it's uh, a completely fabricated digital currency there's you know on and on there's uh 40 of all digital currencies have had some sort of issue or or gone under that kind of thing so got to be careful there but you know with with those individual stocks in general it usually we get those calls hey i i want to invest in this ipo it's like the, this company has very little earnings or bleeding cash left and right but everybody wants to own it uh, those are gen- generally the the most volatile stocks right out of the gate because IPOs, they're they probably get priced for the most part lately more on the expensive side when they first yeah. become publicly traded. So those first few weeks, months, it, it's just unbridled at it, some it, point. And that's actually interesting. You brought that up. I, uh, you know, IPOs, initial public offerings. So you know they get priced a lot of times because of comparable companies ratios and such, right? And so uh-huh. you may have. An existing company that's, you know, running on firing on all cylinders, and you've got this new one coming on, and that's partially why you know the, the valuations come in. And there's a lot of excitement around, you know, initial companies. Oh man, this company that's been private now is going public. It gives us an opportunity to. Um, so again, it's one of those things where if it's a small, small piece of your world potentially, but uh, you know, you want to do a plan. You want to figure out exactly how much risk that is, and should you be taking it? Mm-hmm. Consult with a professional. We don't actually even within our practices very rarely do we. Uh, get into anything <laughs> remotely uh you know close to some of the high flying things we usually try to be the uh um slow and steady and sort of more level headed i think we um, have had some some investments we we have several investors in tesla and right. a, a lot a lot of uh, other stocks like that when when tesla crossed eight hundred dollars a share uh i i was talking to all the folks that own Tesla within our practice i'm like hey we should really explore taking some gains and kind of tying into when we might want to sell tax loss harvesting, preparing for future expenses by taking gains or just discipline when that investment, like when you're now sitting on like 700% gains or 1200% gains in a company, isn't it a good idea in most cases to think about at least using discipline and capturing those gains just in case yeah. it, it slides back the other way 
I mean, that, and, that's it's a personal conversation. But when we're talking about chasing those gains, and not not necessarily, hey, I heard from a friend, my neighbor, my doctor, my right my th- aunt, that uh, this is this investment is going to explode. What if it already is in your portfolio and you've had yeah. extraordinary gains? And you're expecting, like, I don't want to sell it. That's what I've been hearing a lot. Is that, oh, I, I don't want to take the yeah, gains. Yeah, I don't want to take the gains because Tesla's going to 3000 yeah. Possibly. Possibly. You could also, it could also not. Now, now there's a big difference, uh, you know, having it in a portfolio, like, you know, you've, you've had clients in a diversified portfolio where it's a small part of the world. That's different than, you know, getting in and out of some stock within a week and day trading and trying to, you know, that's gambling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus, you know, if you feel like you've done your due diligence and fundamentally a company X is a really good uh, position and I just want to sort, and there's a gambling piece to it because you don't know how it's, it's going to happen, but you want to throw it into your portfolio and it helps you further diversify. That's completely different. So, uh, making sure you're, you know, you just know what you're doing and making sure that any investment you really uh, think about carefully, Evaluate your options. Speak with a professional, so you're uh, so you're going to be in good shape. Yeah, and there is a time to sell. In addition to some yeah. of the other things that we talked about, you can look at rebalancing your portfolio. Okay, We've mentioned true. that recently. It's like, hey, we want to sell this because some of our risk assets, like stocks, have grown over the last mm-hmm. year or so, especially over the last year because we were a year ago in rough shape. A lot of those stocks, if you added money around a year ago and it's in most equities around, those are higher in value today than they were a year ago. That's true. So maybe your portfolio is heated up higher than the risk level that you really should be targeted for. So you got to, in that yeah. example, be disciplined and rebalance, rebalance. your portfolio back down to your risk. Tough to sell your winners too because you feel like, oh man, I had some winners or some fund that's done really, really well. You know, why would I give it up? Well, you know, again, going back to your plan and uh, risk level is your, if, if you don't, you're you're going to start skewing yourself towards a more riskier allocation usually, and that'll not necessarily help you over time. So that's why it's it's good to be disciplined for sure. And there's also other times like uh, that you may want to think about selling like if the investment is not a quality investment, like hanging on to a dog and that never and hopes that it comes back. You know, hope that it comes comes back or. Yeah. You know, double down on it, and it, it depends. If it's a quality investment and it's really been beaten up, that might be an attractive opportunity. Yeah. But if it's a speculative investment that hasn't really worked out, the the trend seems to be that what has done well will continue to do well over a longer period of time. What has done awfully will generally continue to do awfully for a longer period of time. So uh, it, that one can be a tough. Yeah, unless something sell. fundamentally cha- changes and you see kind of call it a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, companies looks like it's turn around, maybe the new st- you know, management team comes on or something like that, you know, happens. So um with that, I think I think we're wrapping up here. It's been fun, Matt and Matt talking and, and, and Bo um I'm sure will listen to us because he'll never miss an episode and he'll be excited to hear all the great things we talked about. Um, so it, we it, miss his great intros and outros. Yeah, he, I know. He's got we're, such we're that commanding presence. A little bit less uh, exciting, uh, but we'll work on it. We may have an opportunity to do this again, the two of us. Um, more Red we, Bull for Matt. <laughs> more Red Bull for me, um, <laughs> just so I have more energy. I'll tell you, though, if, if you are interested in speaking with us, I said this once or twice already, You know, if you go to www.pricefg.com, on there you can... Um, request a meeting and somebody from our team will give you a call if you prefer you can also call us we're at 503-253-3000 have a good one thanks again for listening have a great weekend
The opinions voiced in Investing Simplified with Bo Caldwell are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of the performance of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with CWM LLC, investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Simplified. Legal matters are never easy, but they are especially difficult when they involve the most important people and aspects of your life. This is Taylor Cattell, founding partner of KG Law Group. It's important to have an attorney who cares about your unique circumstances and knows how to get the outcome that is best for you. At KG Law Group, we specialize in estate planning and family law, including wills, trusts, powers of attorney, guardianship, and divorce. At KG Law Group, we provide both expertise and compassion as we guide you through the complex legal landscape. We balance knowledge of the law with exemplary client service. Whether you're reacting to a crisis or planning for the future, we are here to help. If you need legal advice, give us a call today and schedule a consultation at 503-878-8948. That's 878-8948. Or visit us online at kglawgroup.com. That's kglawgroup.com, serving Oregon and Southwest Washington. KG Law Group, your family, your legacy.